We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right, waiting for all of the streams to come in. Give us one second, everyone. All right, looks like we are we're spinning here. Hopefully, we're going live and uh, everything's checked. Looks like we're good to go. We're good to go. Good evening, everyone. <laughs> Happy Saturday, and welcome to another installment of the Orange and Blue View. I'm your co-host, Ron White. On that side, my partner in crime, Thomas Hall. And we have um, some exciting news. Obviously, training camp has been the buzz. Training camp has kicked off. Um, And this was the second day of of training camp. And there's been a lot of different things, a lot of excitement in Broncos country, um, a lot of good plays, a lot of good things happening. Um, so we're going to get in that live. But before we do, how are you doing, Thomas? I'm doing good, man. I, I'm excited to hear the reports coming back from camp. It makes me excited to get out there myself. So next week, we will. Uh, Luke Patterson and I will be out there together uh, watching camp and bringing some some news. But yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited about it, man. I, I uh, and I and I'm excited about the news that uh, is coming out of camp. Actually, I mean, mm-hmm. there's obviously been a couple controversy. Uh, you know, Sean Payton's uh, comments and then, you know, Frank Clark saying what he said today and we can get into that too, but yeah, yeah it's been, uh, it's been fun and it's, uh, it's fun to, uh, fun to hear what's going on and, and get into that with everybody in the chat. And, yeah. and before we do, man, I'm just, let's grab Michael Ronquillo coming in already with Facebook stars saying, thank you for the support, Michael. He's saying good evening, Thomas and Ron on orange and blue view go Broncos and Buckham. Thank you very much for the support. Really, really appreciate it, Michael. So how are you doing, Ron? Are you are you excited about all the news coming out of camp, or what's your feeling so far? Yes, first before I get into that, yeah, thank you, Michael, for your support um, on the live streams, on Twitter. Um, I just want to say thank you and continue doing what you, my brother. And I'm doing well. And, yes, there's a lot of buzz for training camp, Thomas, and we could definitely get into – a few of the the takeaways, but, but but before I do, I kind of want to greet some more people here as they're coming in. We got Kevin Gray coming in. He says, "Evening, Thomas, Ron, and Scott. Big mile high salute to Broncos country, Denver Broncos for life, MHH for life." Well, thank you, Kevin, for coming in. We always appreciate you, my man. And then we got Dom Armilio coming in. 
from Facebook. Thank you, Dom. He says, good evening, Thomas, Ron, Scott, and Broncos country. Denver Broncos for life. Good evening to you, too, as well, Dom. And then we got Harold Jean coming in. Thank you, Harold. He says, Russ had a better day today. Yes. Yes. That's a good segue, Harold, into a few of my takeaways. So, so let's get into it, Thomas. So at least from my observations, I, I, I wrote down, I, well, I have a lot of different takeaways from Cheney Camp, but <laughs> you know, I don't think we have the time to go through all of them. But I would say the three biggest takeaways, at least from day two, um, is that Russell Wilson is now starting to look like the old Seattle Russ. We've seen him maneuver in the pocket uh, a little easier, of course, as he's slimmed down, mostly stepping up in that pocket to find the receivers. He's going through those progressions. The ball is coming out quicker. Um, I know there were a few seven-on-seven drills today. I think he hit P. Ryan down the field and Judy as well. Um, And there was also that good play to Cortland Sutton, um, I think near the sidelines where Sutton had to high point the ball over the defender to grab it. Um, So we we are seeing Russell, you know, I know it's still early, obviously, with training camp, but we're seeing Russell kind of come back to that Seattle form, the Russ that we know. And, of course, the vintage Russell with the running, right, abilities to kind of tuck and run when nothing's open. So, again, you know, to your point, it wasn't the perfect day for us, at least today, but we we did see much better execution um, during the practice today. Yeah, for sure. And and just want to say hello to Albert Knoppers. Thanks for coming in. Hopefully you can watch the rest of the show later. Thanks for stopping by. Really appreciate it, uh, as always. And uh, before I jump into what my kind of thoughts are on Russell Wilson, just want to say hey to, to Dylan Von Arks, uh, one of our guys here at MMHH coming in. Thank you for being here in the evening with us. Really appreciate it. And he's reminding us, uh, reminding everyone to hit the like button and share on all platforms and definitely subscribe. So thanks for the reminder, Dylan. Really appreciate that. And then um, I also want to grab Gary Palmer coming in with some super chat. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Saying hi, Thomas and Ron. Go Broncos and Buckham. Thank you, Gary. Really, really, really appreciate that. As always, you're a big supporter for this show and other shows. So thank you. Yeah. So uh, just to to jump onto what you were talking about, Russ did look better today, right? He did. Uh, from what I I understand, and you know, from Luke out there and. Uh, checking it out he he held on the ball a little too long on saturday uh on friday probably but on saturday today he looked a lot better right mm-hmm. so he looked like he was getting the ball out quicker the uh, uh from what i understand is the offense looks like it's something that's going to be a lot of quick quick throws right mm-hmm. not you know that's kind of the uh what i would say is the mantra is to get the ball out quickly and get it out of his hands but he did he did move up in the pocket a little bit better but i'll tell you the defense has been pretty solid so far, which isn't unexpected, right? The defense has been harassing uh, Russ and others, but you know, typically before all the uh, offensive plans get kind of put in there, it will oftentimes uh, you'll see the defense come, come out ahead more often than not. So I'm excited to see what Russell Wilson does, you know, next week, right? Cause you know, right now they're, they're putting in the plan. So it's probably just kind of, you know, going by instinct or whatever and doing this or that, or, you know, he's not, he doesn't have the the real feel of the offense yet. So we'll see, but you know, that improvement from one day to the next is, is great, but you know, all reports are, he's looking better and everything. So that, that's, that's really good. Yes. Most definitely. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we got David McGarrett coming in. Thank you, David. You know, we appreciate you, my man, with the super chat. He says, good evening, Broncos country. Tom, Ron, Dylan, and Deacon Scott. Hashtag 12 and 5. Yes, you're sticking with it. That's, that's good. Yes. <laughs> Hashtag Buckham three times. Hashtag MHH for life. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Again, th- thank you, David, so much for your generosity. We appreciate you, my man. And yeah, 12 and 5. Again, that's not out of the realm of the possible. Um, I have, and then we'll get into record predictions a little later. Um, but yeah, around 11 and 6, 12 and 5 is what I'm thinking as well. Um, and again, it's not out of the realm of the possible. But yeah, 12 and 5 for sure. It's, it's a good record. And we've got uh, we've got a couple other comments coming. Gage Madrid, who's out there also watching camp. Thanks for jumping in here today, Gage, and saying hi to us. Uh, saying he definitely looked better. Still a couple rough plays. Held yeah. the ball too long. A batted ball. A couple misreads. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously it's practice, so hopefully that that uh, really changes. But thanks, Gabe, for, uh, Gage, for the update. Appreciate that. And um, we've got we've got someone coming in. Uh, I'm assuming. Uh, from Seattle, you have a 12 here. Russell Wilson will be fine. Lonnie Del Vecchio, I think it's pronounced how it's pronounced. Thanks for stopping by and giving us the uh give us the take on on your thoughts, you know, being from Seattle. So that's that's wonderful. It says get them out on that field on crunch time, uh on crunch time. Usually he can put out this is a new year for him. He's gonna be nothing like last year. Yeah, well, thanks, thanks for stopping by, Lonnie. Really appreciate that coming in from Facebook. And it's a nice perspective. You know, we have uh, seen a lot of a lot of comments from Seattle that uh, weren't really uh, positive about Russell. So thanks for stopping in. Really appreciate that. Yes, now I want to grab you. this comment that came in fairly early. Uh, and let's see if I can find it. Dom actually said, I heard running back number 38 is killer fast. So that is uh, Jaleel McLaughlin yes. running back. Uh, kind of a, I w- whether you call scat back kind of, uh, you know, uh, smaller five seven close to 190 you know but fast and i heard he looks pretty good too and in fact 
I actually picked him to be my uh, offensive player of camp because mm-hmm. he's got that, you know, that, uh, you know, he's working hard to get, make it, make the team. He's going to have that ability to kind of, you know, wow some people with his speed and his ability to to move, or especially in drills and things like that. So, uh, yeah, I'm hoping that he he kind of pans out because the Broncos need that that third kind of change of pace guy. Really, I mean, you got Javante Williams who is miraculously healed. I don't know how. <laughs> I can't believe it, but it's wonderful. And you got P Ryan, who's uh, another one of those kind of bruiser backs. And then it'd be nice to have a little. Um, you know, kind of a change of pace guy to come in and he, he fits the bill and they really don't have much competition right in camp right now. They only have, I think five running backs on the roster for competition. So it's uh, it's one of those things that they're, they feel like they're kind of settled in who they have. So what do you think, uh, Ron? Yeah. So that Dom, thank you for that. Cause that was actually my second takeaway the the running okay. back battle. And, you know, before I get into McLaughlin for, for sure, you're, you're right. Javante Williams looks, I'm again, I know it's still early and they're going to ease him in, but he looks like he even ever had an injury, Thomas. Like he looks, right, <laughs> right. He looks sharp, crisp. Like I know there was that, I think it was like the first play on 11 on 11 and he burst and cut back for like a nice long run. I think the crowd was into it. Um, so yeah, that that's definitely encouraging. And P. Ryan also reeled in a touchdown from Wilson as well. Um, so, yeah, the, you know, Javante looks real crisp. Yeah, as far as number 30, McLaughlin, I did predict that he would be that RB3. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, I think he's going to surprise people. Yes, he's got, yeah, he's going to be that RB3. Just because what I've seen so far, you're right, Dom, he's very fast, very quick, very slippery. Um, and, you know, the Broncos can use that you know, in certain situations, because we know with Javante and Samaja Piran, they're more of those power backs, but, you know, McLaughlin coming in with the speed and the quickness um, to also keep defenses honest is something that um that's intriguing me as well. So, um, yeah, yeah that, that's and definitely from reports from, from Luke, really uh, Luke Patterson, who's out there, you know, go, go say hi to him. If you're out there, get a picture with him. He, he says that, um, that Javante and Piran both look look really good. So uh, that the first the the one two punch coming out is already looking good. So that's uh, that's great news. So I mean I think that's part of the reason why the the Broncos were happy with who they had and didn't have to make a big splash. So I'm gonna grab uh, Miguel's uh, coming in uh, with Facebook stars. So thank you very much for the support. Really appreciate it. Saying sup fellas. Hope you've been good. It's been a while. Been super busy. Well, I'm glad you could make it tonight. Uh, it's this is an exciting time. We're right getting into camp, and you know there's a lot of buzz going. And asking how the O line is looking. Uh, well, you know I haven't heard a lot about the O line. Number one, McGlinchey isn't there, right? He's yeah. he is at, out for personal reasons. So the whole the 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 starting line that we expect really isn't together. And they've doing been doing a lot of drills, and not necessarily you know the t- the team as much team team offense as much. So. I haven't really heard a whole lot about the offensive line and I, I can, uh, I can ask Luke and I'll, I'll definitely check it out when I'm out there. But uh, Ron, have you heard much about the uh, O-line? I know that people are, you know, it's not exciting to talk about the O-line. It's more exciting to talk about the great catch that somebody made or the nice run that someone made, but so far I haven't heard a whole lot. Yeah, Miguel, this, this is a good question, but yeah, we, it's really hard to get an evaluation on the, on the offensive line now. Cause you're right. McGlinchey's out. 
And then they're trying to ease Garrett Bowles back from that injury as well. Um, so, you know, I, I think we'll have a better idea maybe a little bit later once McGlinchey gets back into the fold of how the offensive line looks. And that's part of the reason why there's been so much, you know, I guess pressure from that defense, you know, just because the, the O-line right now isn't really at a point where we can, you know, kind of do the evaluation, at least from the starters. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but I guess once, as Thomas mentioned, once camp kind of revs up more, um, we'll start to kind of see that evaluation take shape. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, it's uh, it's one of those things where people don't watch, but what what is happening out there, which is su- uh, surprising to me right out of the gate that I've heard is that uh, Cream G- that Caden Stern's actually been the starter. Kate, uh, Cream Jackson's actually been run with the twos. Mm-hmm. So when we we're talking about the defense, that's that's interesting. That to me, that's a very interesting development because you know I've said that if JL Skinner can make some noise and Caden Stearns makes that leap, you might see some young, the young youth movement, and you might see Kareem Jackson on the outside looking in. I know it's the second day. Don't, I mean, he had a vet day last, uh, the first day, and it's the second day, so I'm not going to jump to too many conclusions here, uh, but it's interesting to start out, because usually the experienced guy is going to be, you know, the one that kind of starts out, and, and the younger guys have to make the impression. So uh, that'll be, uh, that'll be fun to watch, for sure. Yes. Yes, most definitely. And we got Michael coming back in asking about our thoughts on Frank Clark comments today after training camp. I'll let you jump in there, Ron. I, I have a few thoughts for sure, but uh, I'll let you jump in there and tell me what you think. Yeah, I, I, I did see those uh, comments. And I mean, you're telling the truth, guys. It's, it's really not, it hasn't been a rivalry between Kansas City and Denver in quite some time. So, you know, uh, until the Broncos can stack up, you know, some wins against Kansas City, it's it's not going to be competitive. And, you know, obviously we know the reasons why that hasn't happened over the past, I guess, close to a decade now. Um, I think our last win against Kansas City was during our Super Bowl year. Um, but, you know, I, I think we'll start to see that tide shift with Sean Payton. But he's right that there. I mean, it's it's not it's no competition at all. You know, in the AFC West, we have Patrick Mahomes and then there's everyone else. There's the Kansas City Chiefs and there's everyone else. So until we can get back to, you know, competitive football, until we can, you know, be the more aggressive team within the division, that's that's going to remain the way it is. Um, so I, I, I had no problems with what Frank Clark said, because. Just I had no problems with what Sean Payton said earlier in, in the article. It's 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 the truth. You know, someone has to come out and say what needs to be said. And until, you know, this team kind of turns it around, you know, that that's just where we are. So, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, the truth hurts. It's what, what I said to, about Sean Payton's comments. It, <laughs> right. The truth will hurt sometimes. You know, sometimes it can be said with, you know, more tact or whatever, but. When when it comes down to it, the Broncos have not been competitive uh, at all, and not it, not just against the Kansas City Chiefs, but in the NFL in general. So it's time to turn that around. And if Frank Clark, uh, you know, his comments help to turn that around, that's that's great. But uh, you know, uh, people need to hear the the truth. And and I know that there was a big uproar. The Jets were all upset. Some of the players from the Jets, after especially uh, um, yeah, Billy Turner, who's a friend with Nathaniel Hackett, after what. Gary Payton said, you know, or what Gary Payton, 
George Payton said, and going back to '90s basketball here, <laughs> what Sean Payton said uh, about the Jets and and Nathaniel Hackett. You know, th- that was the truth, right? I mean, Hackett he did a horrible job, and uh, and that's part of the reason why the uh, Broncos have uh, not been able to get that monkey off their back when it comes to beating the Chiefs. So I, I have no problem with it at all. Uh, you know, he said, I have, you know, he's, if you're telling the truth about something, then, you know, that's fine. It's truth. Just do it with a little tact if you can, but sometimes you can't. We're going to grab uh, Daniel Yost's uh, comment here. Maybe. All right, here we go. Daniel's coming in. He says, what are your thoughts on co- on Coach Sean Payton's culture and standards for this year's team and their regular season? Denver Broncos for life. Buckham, Broncos country. Let Russ cook and let's ride. Uh, what do you think, Ron? I love it. He has high expectations. He did say in the article he will be pissed if the Bronco, if this is not a playoff team, if the Broncos will make the playoffs. So you're right. It that that should be the standard. I mean, that standard's been going back even longer before Peyton arrived. You know, that's that's the Bolden standard. So, you know, I, I think we have the pieces in place to make the playoffs. You know, with his culture being installed, um, Daniel, you know, a lot of the players now have come out saying how how much of an educational coach he is. Um, So that culture of teaching and training the coaches and the players on how he wants things done, how he wants players to perform, um, you know, that that speaks of his experience and his veteran leadership um, and his proven success in the NFL. So with his expectations, with his culture, those standards are going to be high, you know, and the Broncos, again, they have all the pieces in place to make the playoffs. Again, I would be very surprised, Thomas, if this is not a playoff team at the end of the day, given coaching, given what we have on offense and defense, and we'll see that improvement in special teams. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Well, I mean, the change of the culture is pretty evident already. I mean, this team is already acting like a real football team, not a not somebody that's out having fun, you know, with their friends. And that's what it seemed like last year 
Uh, and you know, he, he, the, the second thing is he brings a culture of winning. He's obviously won before. So I, I actually, I actually enjoy it. This from the outside looking in this team has already, it looks kind of old school, right? And I know that some of the old school, uh, ways aren't always the best, but having people in shape and ready to go and conditioned, ready to play in training camp was huge. It's none of this, uh, Oh, you got to get, you know, people out there uh, getting into shape and, you know, we'll go have a bunch of water breaks and stuff. This, this isn't the same thing, right? This is different. And he's brought in people who, whom he knows, right. That, that he has familiarity with to help instill that culture brought in a lot of people from the saints, players and coaches. So I, I actually, it's refreshing to me. I mean, I know that Fangio kind of had that, uh, you know, old school mentality. He said a lot of things, but he never implemented it well. Right. He, he couldn't bring it to fruition on the field. He was kind of, you know, kind of had that, you know, well, he had gave the the death by inches speech and everybody bought into it, but the team didn't buy into his leadership. So now te- the team looks like they're bought in. They're doing what it takes. I mean, and Russell Wilson, who's the face of the franchise, he's the quarterback. He is bought into it. You can see that he's bought into it. Other pl- players have bought into it. I think, I, I actually think that they're, team is going to be a better prepared mm-hmm. and less likely to, to have dumb penalties, right? Do mm-hmm. you know, they're going to execute well. So that's going to play out in the regular season. And if that, you know, if that thought process of mine is correct, that they're going to be able, they're not going to lose games because of something dumb like they did last year. Uh, they're going to win more games. They're, it's all there is to it. And if the offense is executing at a higher level, that will give more games. So, I mean, I think 10, 10 and seven is realistic. I, I, I know I was really excited last year and I, I'm cautious, cautiously optimistic this year, but I mean, the roster's still a pretty solid roster. And if it really boils down to if, uh, if the offense can get the best out of Russell Wilson and Russell Wilson can, can play well, that's, that's where it comes down to and, and, and injuries. And if those two things are, are fixed, then why not? Why not make the playoffs? Yeah. That's definitely. We got Gary Palmer coming back in. With another 499 super chat. Thank you, Gary. Thank you very much, Gary. Really appreciate that. Thanks for the support. He says, I was just thinking about how if Hackett hadn't screwed up so badly, we wouldn't have Sean Payton. A silver lining, LOL. Yeah, I, Gary, it was such an embarrassment, though. It, it's like hard to think about having Hackett. I know that, you know, you can, can look on the bright side and everything. And when I look back at the debacle that Josh McDaniels created, it was almost so bad. It was almost like he was sent to destroy the Broncos on purpose from the Patriots. That's how bad it was. And then we ended up, you know, with the team that we uh, we ended up watching. Right, the Broncos mm-hmm. end up with a good team and a Super Bowl. Uh, so I guess you can look at a silver lining. It was so embarrassing, man. I just it's so hard to to hack. It was a, an embarrassment. He just was. He 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 was McDaniel's was the worst coach in history because of what he did to the team. Hackett is the you know second worst coach in history because he was just inept. Yeah, I think both were just horrible. I think the Tyler side for both worst coaching jobs ever. Yeah, Hackett was just awful. Um, he was in, way in over his head. He didn't know how to connect with the players. Um, they, there was no improvement at all. Didn't know how to really coach. So it was just a bad, as Sean Payton mentioned in the article, guys, it was just a bad, it was a bad show. It was an embarrassment last year. So now you're right, Gary. Now, if Hackett didn't fail, 
epically fail, then we wouldn't have Sean Payton. So thank God for that failure so we can have Payton and hopefully this team will end up being successful. Yeah, for sure. So a couple other things that I'd like to just kind of hit on as we're we're going through the through, through training camp uh, stuff. I mean, obviously the defense is looking pretty good. Uh, from from what Luke said, Patrick Sertan looks even better, right? Even better than you know. This is only the second day, and he's already dominating. So obviously he's he's even he's gone and and even fine fine tuned his craft and and looked at more. Um, you know, more tape and he's just, he's just even better now, which is hard to believe because he's already the best corner in the NFL. Right. So it's hard to believe he's even better. So that's, that's awesome. And then the other great thing too, that uh, I think is um, very positive because we lost, uh, you know, we saw the team lose Draymond Jones, but Zach Allen looks yes. really good. You, Zach Allen looks really good yep. in camp mm-hmm. and has been pretty dominant. So those are, you know, I, th- those Obviously, Pastor Tan was a no-brainer. He was going to be was going to be good, but to to know that Zach Allen's coming in and and playing the way he is already is very refreshing because you know it it is hard to lose players like Draymond Draymond Jones, and it looks like they filled uh, his hole uh, well with a, a a very good player. So, I don't, have you heard that as well? Yes, that was that was my third takeaway. <laughs> All right, um, you know, it was the Zach Allen show. That, that's how I that's how I title this. Like very ferocious with the pass rushing, creating a lot of pressure today. Um, so it's gonna be interesting to see um kind of how he involve evolves, gets better um throughout camp and in the preseason. But yeah, um I've heard that as well. There've been a lot of comments and clips on the Zach Allen pass rushing. Great. I'm gonna just grab uh Victor Ferrer is coming in. Uh, with a question about uh, about George Payton. How much blame does GM George Payton get for hiring Hackett? Well, he gets pretty much all the blame because it was his his choice. Uh, and that was uh, that's that's one of the black guys on on George Payton, really. So yeah, I mean, I said that too after after the comments that that uh, Sean Payton made and and was talking about how it was the entire organization had a hand in it. Well, George Payton had a huge hand and he hired him. That was uh, that was uh, and not. I'm not blaming George Payton. Like people were, other teams are after Hackett, right? They wanted uh, the other teams were wanting Nathaniel Hackett to to coach for them. So it wasn't like he just went out and found a friend that he wanted, and it was a big mistake. I mean, he was a hot ticket item, but it was a disaster. <laughs> and and George Payton has a lot to bl- has blame on his hands. And you know, to sit there and watch as the ownership group to watch yeah. the debacle that was happening, we all saw it. It, what what Sean Payton said, we all witnessed. We were all witness to it. They had a hand in it too because they could have stepped in early, made it made a change. And you saw the big change that happened as soon as Hackett was gone and Jerry Rossberg came in. The team was a different team, completely different. And now you've got a, even a better coach coming in, and it's going to even be a, a better team. So yeah, definitely is that's a black eye on on. Uh, and George Payton's going to have to do, you know, do some catching up to uh, turn Broncos fans around right to mm-hmm. to you know his his way of doing things yes thank you victor for coming in with with that question and yeah i agree with thomas he uh george payton gets 100 percent of the blame i mean he made the hire uh so he he gets 100 percent of the blame and this is if we're grading specific moves this this is an f this is this is a complete f 
and when it comes to everything, when you put it in perspective. And, you know, Sean Payton was right in the sense that, you know, Payton and everyone up from Payton, they allowed this to continue. You know, someone could have stepped in earlier because we saw, you know, a little bit early on in the season that, you know, this was this was just an embarrassing show. Like the season wasn't going to be great at all. So we saw that earlier and someone could have stepped in earlier to stop this, you know, to to fire Nathaniel Hackett earlier. You know, we probably could have had Ross Burr even early and who knows how the season would have shook out. So, you know, but yeah, 100 percent. George Payton is to blame 100 percent this hire again, hopefully with the hiring of Sean Payton. Um, you know, we know George Payton's done great with the draft classes. Um, hopefully he can do a rebound, but yeah, this, this is all his fault. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. I'm going to grab Lawrence Rivera here coming with Facebook stars. Uh, Lawrence, thanks. Thank you for the support as always, and being a loyal listener and supporter of the show. And Lawrence says, uh, I don't think that, that's completely it, though. Russ came in and wouldn't play till he got a contract, and when he did it, it was only a deal to probably play as a passing QB. So his hands are tied as a first-year coach. I mean, that uh, what Lawrence is saying is that there there is some blame to go on Russ, and mm-hmm. I I do slightly agree with that mm-hmm. because um, you know Russ had a had a hand in in the playbook, and they were kind of working together. But from my perspective, Nathaniel Hackett's the leader. Right. He's the leader of the team. And if he didn't think that that should happen, then he should have stepped in and said no. And and right now, Russ is is falling in line. And maybe that's because he was so bad last year. He realized that it didn't work either. But he seems to be falling in line and doing what what uh, Sean Payton wants. So, yeah, I mean, Russ has some to blame for sure. But as the leader of the team, you have to be the one that says no. You're the, you're not a you're not going to be just a strictly pocket passing QB, you need to do other things in order for us to win. Cause that's the most important thing. And, and maybe, maybe you could be right, Lawrence. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what actually went on behind closed doors, but um, he, he definitely have a, had a hand in it and it was the wrong thing. We all saw it. It was the wrong thing. Yes, Lawrence. Thank you. And yeah, Russ, Russ is at fault as well. You know, I, I like that Sean Payton did come up and vouch for us, but last year there was blame to go around, for everybody. Um, and you're right. As the leader of the team, as the head coach, Nathaniel should have stepped in and say, hey, no, Russ, we're not doing it this way. We're going to do it this way. You know, I, I think part of being a good leader, part of being a coach, a great coach, is to always play to the strengths of the players. If you see something that's not going well, well, you address it with your players and you try to fix it. <laughs> You know, and I felt as though Hackett did, didn't do that. It was, you know, he thought that Russ was just going to be this. Yeah, he wanted to be this pocket passer, this this passing quarterback. But I think Hackett should have realized that there could be some plays within that that can help with Russ, but that's not Russ's true style. So he should have observed that and picked up on that from the jump. Hackett should have is what I meant. And then, you know, better things could have happened and he could have suited to Russ's play strength. So. But yeah, Russ is definitely partially to blame for this as well. We had Dom coming in uh, asking if the Broncos end up with a nine or ten win season. Does this does the front office move on from Russ? Ron, I'm gonna let you jump in first. See what you what you have to say. Thank you, Dom. That's a good question. I hmm. 
It really depends on a, a few things. I would say if it's if it's nine wins, and it I guess it depends on the how these games shaped out. If they're like nine and eight, and if these were close nail biting games where we saw Russ, you know, he wasn't clutch, but he did perform well, then I can I don't I don't see a move. Obviously, if they make the playoffs, if they do ten and seven. They're not. They're not gonna. They're not gonna make a move as well. But if we see Russ go back to what Russ was last year, and we we do get a nine and eight record, then the front office will definitely be moving on from Russ. So again, I guess Don, what I'm trying to say is really depends on how these games shake up, like like how these games, what the result of these games are, and how Russ looked playing in these games. What do you think, Thomas? Yeah. I would say that if they win nine or 10, 10 wins, they're not going to move on from him unless the entire team carried him and he was so bad that it was awful. But the other rest of the team was so good that they carried him, which I just don't see happening. Yeah. I don't, I don't see it. So the amount of money they have tied up in Russ, uh, if they can get to nine or 10 wins, they're not going to move on from him because they don't, that doesn't give them any other, uh, you know, way to replace him really. Right. So, I mean, I guess they could say, okay, bye, we're going to go with Jared Stidham, but it, it's one of those uh, areas in the draft where you, you can't, and they don't have enough capital to move all the way up to grab uh, one of those top play callers. They got a lot of money tied up in Russ. I, I just don't see if they, if they get nine or 10 wins, it means Russ played at least adequately. Yeah. Uh, Cause this team is not, the defense isn't built uh, to carry them to a uh, Super Bowl like in 2015. That was a historic level defense. I don't see that happening. They can have a very good defense. I don't see historic level type defense. And if they just rely on the running game the whole time, uh, that's going to become very predictable. So my guess is I would say no. I mean, it's not even, yeah. If they if they win nine or 10 games, it's a no, right? They've, they've improved. Russ obviously had to have improved to do that. They would have to go, you know, they'd have to win five games again and then to say, okay, th- that's it. We're going to have to rebuild. We're going to go grab, uh, we're going to trade some picks and we're going to try and grab one of the top signal callers and, and go from there. Cause I don't, I don't believe in Jared Sidham, right? I mean, he, he, you know, they're, they're saying the right thing. They paid him a lot. He's, he's a backup, but he's not done anything from my perspective to say, okay, well let's, let's just go with him unless it's like uh, an emergency and they have to do it. So I don't think so. Now, uh, one thing that I would like to make a comment on is the wide receivers, right? Mm-hmm. Tim Patrick is already looking pretty good out there, which to me is a surprise. Now it's not, I mean, there's no pads on. So again, second day, we don't want to jump to conclusions, but having him back and looking good already after that injury is huge. Cause I thought it would take him a while to get back into the swing of things. I thought it would take him a while to, uh, you know, to kind of get mentally ready to, to go out there and play. And, and maybe that will be different when the pads are gone and, and people are making contact with him, but that's a huge development for me. That means that they have, they have three top wide receivers. And now I'm not saying top in the NFL, but three number one type wide receivers yes. uh, with Patrick Sutton and, and Judy. So that that's uh, that's a great development. Uh, and then, and then on top of that, Kendall Hinton, who is, you know, has to make his, uh, has to make a statement for one and, and has to make his make some hay on special teams has really not been been very good so far dropping yeah. punts not really uh doing well on offense so uh, i think they brought in a ton of wide receivers 
and they're wanting the the best to shake out. And, uh, you know, I think they've already got their mind made up on four unless they decide to trade it. So there's only two spots probably left. And you know, those guys are going to have to battle hard. So what what have you been hearing about the wide receiver group? Yeah, I've, I've been hearing the same thing. Yeah, Patrick looks great, looks amazing coming back from an injury. Heard that Sutton looks good as well. Um, but I've also heard that, and I think I've seen this, that Jerry Judy even looks better. <laughs> and and I, he's going to have this huge role in Peyton's offense. And I've been hearing rumblings of he's going to be essentially that first read. Like w- whenever Russ has the ball in his hands trying to throw, Jerry Drew is going to be that first target that he tries to get to. So it's it's you're right, Thomas, that the, the wide receiver room looks looks really, really good. Um, and it's just going to be fascinating to see, uh, you know, how it all shakes out. I want to grab a comment here from Keith because this leads into one of my other takeaways. Thank you, Keith uh, Brogman, for coming in. Um, who do you think could make the largest contribution from our rookie class? The linebacker fan that I am, I'm going to say <laughs> Drew Sanders. <laughs> this guy looks incredible in camp. His ability to just move from sideline to sideline, the quick switch of the hips, um, instincts, you know, and, you know, in some of the pressure situations, I am really excited to see what his contribution is going to be on this, on this defense key. Again, I'm, I'm already seeing that, that raw talent um, there, but yeah, you know, playing alongside Josie Jewell, and Alex Singleton, you know, it's, it's going to be amazing. So my, my, my answer for you is going to be Drew Sanders. Yeah. I'm going to have to go with uh, Marvin Mims. I know he's been injured and he hasn't been out there really. So, you know, he's, he's got a hamstring injury, but if he can heal up from that and I, I'm going to go with him, not so much on offense because I mean, I think he will play on offense. He's going to be that fourth guy on the field, probably if if he gets healthy and, and can you know stay healthy. But his impact will be felt on special teams. I think he's going to be the punt returner. I think he's going to be the punt returner, and you're going to see there's a huge emphasis on special teams. And and Sean Payton even came out and talked about it. I think it was today in his press conference specifically about special teams. There's a huge emphasis on special teams. They went out. They brought in three coaches with special teams experience, good experience. Um, and I think that they're going to set him up to succeed in, in those, in that return game. So, and, and to me, that's where you're going to see. I mean, I know that Drew Sanders and Riley Moss and, and maybe JL Skinner are going to be good on coverage and everything, but people see the punt returns, right? And if they can set the offense up in a position to score, then man, uh, you know, that's going to put them ahead of the game. So I'm going to go with Mims is going to make the largest contribution uh, this year. But I think down the road, I think over the life of their kind of stint, I like do like Drew Sanders as well. I think he's I think he's going to be uh, an impactful player that they can move around once he gets gets uh, settled in. He's going to probably take over a starting role yeah. on, as a linebacker sooner rather than later. Uh, probably because Jewel is, you know, his contract is up. Uh, they maybe want to move into a younger younger uh, team there. So uh, definitely, yep, for sure. And we got Austin coming in here. Thank you, Austin. He says, Tom Ron, did y'all talk about Frank Clark's comments already? I just joined. Yes. Um, we, we did talk about um, the Frank Hart comments. Um, and if you know, if you go rewatch it, 
Um, but essentially, I think both of us are in agreement with Frank Clark that, you know, the rivalry between Kansas City and Denver hasn't really been in rivalry at all. <laughs> um, so we're, we're much in agreement there. But yeah, go, you can go back and watch it up near the top of the show. Um, then we got, we got Miguel coming back Miguel. with Facebook stars. Again, thank you for the support, Miguel. Appreciate it. All, you know, every everything uh, here, the, every time somebody supports us, it just uh, helps us to continue to do the show. So th- really, uh, we always thank you very much. Asking about tight ends. And from what I've heard, uh, Luke's out there. Again, Luke Patterson, follow him on Twitter. Luke Patterson LP, I think, is where it is. He's out there. He's watching right now. I'll be out there next week. But and he is also writing stuff up on Mile High Huddle. So go. He's got two articles out about his reflections on camp, and that will give you some some more uh, detail into how it's going. But from what I understand, is Dolzich hasn't looked that great, unfortunately. And he's supposed to be the big the big uh, tight end guy that is coming in is going to wreak havoc. Now again, don't jump to conclusions. It's two days, but so far he hasn't looked that great. What are you mm-hmm. hearing about the tight ends? Yeah, I'm actually not hearing much about the tight ends, but it, it is, yeah, I guess it is a little, concern. again, I know it's still early in camp, but it is a little concerning that Dulcich hasn't looked that great, but, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, you know, as, as camp progresses, um, hopefully that'll change, but yeah, I haven't really heard too much on, on the tight ends, but it'll be interesting to see as Luke's out there and as you go out, how that develops. And uh, Michael's coming back in again, uh, asking about Nick Bonito. Had a great play. Uh, mm-hmm. Time for him to step up during Broncos training camp is what he says. And I totally agree with you, Michael. It is Nick Bonito has to live up to his, you know, second round draft draft status, right? I mean, now don't get me wrong. I, I thought he was a little bit of a project coming out of college. He had that first year. He had to kind of, uh, you know, build up his strength, get better, get some better pass rushing moves. But this is a year that he needs to, to show what he's, what he can do. Right. This is a second year. No more. Uh, you know, he's not a, a fifth rounder or a sixth rounder. He needs a couple years to develop. He's a second round draft pick. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. He has to step up during this training camp for two reasons. One, because he needs to be that guy that can come off the bench and generate pressure and hold the edge when necessary. And two, you've already got one of the edge rushers on the pup list. You, Brian Browning is, isn't even in training camp. And, uh, you know, Gregory can't stay healthy. So he has to be that guy. He has to come in and be that guy. And he made a good play. Uh, I don't want to jump to conclusions again because they're not in pads. It's a lot different when you put the pads on and, uh, you know, you're you're going head-to-head with that offensive tackle. Um, we'll see and uh, we'll see what happens there. But, uh, yeah, uh, hopefully, he, uh, hopefully he looks good. And I'm going to definitely watch the edge group uh, with, uh, with a keen eye when we're out there for sure. What do you think about that, Ron? You hit on all the points. He had, yeah, thank you, Michael. He has to step up, has to get bigger, has to get stronger because, you know, he is that second round pick. And yeah, out of college, I knew he wasn't going to be, he was a bit of a project. Like he was, was going to take some training, um, some coaching. He had to, again, get the weight up and everything, as we know. But, you know, in the event that the edge room thins out more, who do we have? So we he needs to come in you know, in certain situations, come in and be that guy on the edge. And like you said, someone's already starting on the pup list. What if someone else goes down? You know, we, we know Gregory can't stay healthy a full season. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, you know, in fact that the injury bugs comes to bite us again, he has to take that next step. So, again, that that was encouraging um, today, what, I, what I've been hearing so far about Nick Benita, but he just needs to continue 
that development and improvement. Yeah, and I'll just say this too. I mean, and Dylan is is in the chat saying he needs to improve against the run. He does. He definitely yes, does. But definitely. here's the thing too: is I think he could be a situational pass rusher uh, if everybody else stays healthy. He can come in and, and and you know just get after the quarterback, which is okay. But if if someone goes down, he definitely has to be able to set that edge. So it kind of to me, yes, he has to improve his play against the run for sure. But it if everyone stays healthy, he could be that kind of. You know, when it's obviously a pass situation, you can be in there um, and getting after the passer, but he has to have better pass rushing moves. We we didn't see enough. I didn't see enough of that last year. So uh, we also have another uh, question about the edge from Rodney, Rodney Garcia coming in saying, good evening, Tom and Ron and Broncos country by chance, any update on Christopher Allen. Now, Christopher Allen is one that I thought was going to come out and, you know, tear it up this year in training camp because I liked him coming out of college. He's just his injuries have have stunted his growth a little bit, but he had the tools to be a player in the in the NFL. What I've seen so far, I'm not out there. I will. I'm definitely going to be watching him when I'm out there. From from what I've heard and seen, he hasn't been very impressive yet. So uh, take that as what you will. It's only the second day in, but so far, uh, not super impressive. And he's going to be pushed by another undrafted. Uh, rookie free agent in Coombe who, who actually has impressed so yes. far. Not And again, it's two days in, take what you will. I still think Christopher Allen can be a player in the NFL if he stays healthy. How about yeah, you? I've heard this. Yeah. And I've heard the same on Allen as well, that he hasn't looked, looked the best Rodney, but yeah, in is definitely um, turning some heads. Um, and that was one of my takeaways here as well, that in looked very good. Um, at least these first few days um, coming out of yeah. camp. So, yeah, but you know it's going to be a tough battle, right? It's going to be a battle to yeah. see who who can get on that roster. I mean, roster. most likely they're going to have four, maybe five edge rushers, depending. I mean, if they're smart, they'll take five because the you know the health uh, concerns that we have seen. But you know, when Baron Browning comes back, Frank Clark and um, Gregory, there's your three. You you've got two spots best. So you know there's going to be a battle. Uh, to to get those uh, final spots for sure. Yeah. Got Victor uh, coming back in saying, gentlemen, Fonte, look, are we still looking for running backs? And the answer to for that is no. no. He looks great from what I understand. I And I still cannot believe it. This is kind of unprecedented for the significant injury that he sustained, that he is on the field already and looking good. It's not... He's just back on the field. He's been cleared for contact and he looks good out there cutting, running, and he's, he, you know, he's ready to come back and start uh, being the Javante of old. Yeah. Thank you, Victor. And I, yeah, Javante looks good. As I mentioned earlier at the top of the show, it looks like he never even got an injury. <laughs> yeah. You know, he, 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 again, it's amazing. Um, you know, these medical advances and how they can heal. It's just amazing, Thomas. And yeah, watching him today, um, you know, do that quick burst, that cut back for that nice run. It was just, it was just so exciting, so refreshing to watch. And again, hopefully we'll see more of that, you know, I'm pretty sure we definitely will see more of those angry runs uh, coming in this season for sure. Yeah, for sure. And Michael's coming back in with more Facebook stars. Thank you again uh, for that support. Uh, Same great show tonight, Thomas and Ron on Orange and Blue View. Go Broncos and Buckham. Thank you so much, Michael. And, you. you know, we'll we'll actually start to wind down the show unless there's not too many more 
uh, more comments coming in. We do have a couple couple more running back comments. Maybe we'll grab a couple as uh, as we head out. And, and then Clutchmaster59 uh, asked about the centers. Uh, had, and so sorry, I didn't bring that up, but, uh, we have, I don't know much about the centers. We haven't heard, I haven't seen anything yet. I've been watching, uh, what I can, but I will, when I go out there, I'll, I'm going to specifically see how they are doing. So, uh, yeah, th- thanks Clutchmaster 59 for that, uh, question. And then Austin is asking about who do you think takes the third running back spot? We kind of hit on this, right? We kind of hit it, hit on this already. We both kind of thought that, uh, McLaughlin was going to be the guy. He's going to be that third running back after the one, two, you know, kind of bruising punch that you're going to get from Williams and Pirine. You're going to get that uh, kind of change in pace guy. Right. Yes. So, yeah, we, we, we talked about that. I know you came in a little late Austin. Uh, we talked about that right away because uh, McLaughlin actually looks really fast and looks pretty good in, in uh, the offense so far. So in, in, or in training camp at least. And then we have another comment from Daniel Yost coming in asking, Tom and Ron, did you guys hear that Jonathan Taylor has requested a trade from the Colts? Well, I heard that because I was looking at the uh, chat and people were saying that. I had not seen it before we got on this show. Uh, That's an interesting development. Ron, what are your thoughts? (laughs) Wow. Um, Yes, Jonathan Taylor would, would definitely help this offense <laughs> he he is he's one of my favorite backs out there in the league right now um you know we were saying do we need him well yeah not necessarily we, we don't really need a jonathan taylor but he would definitely be a nice luxury a nice to have within this offense and just imagine you know a taylor with williams and and p ryan it'll just be i just think it's way too much but i don't really see him coming to Denver. it would be nice be nice to be wishful thinking but I, I don't see it happening, but yeah, that's, that's an interesting development. I'll definitely have to watch that one to see how that goes over the next um, few weeks. Yeah. He must be a little bit degrunt- disgruntled with yeah. the Colts. Uh, I mean, obviously he would, he'd help the team, but there's no, they're, they're, they're not going to trade away a bunch of draft picks to go yeah. get Jonathan Taylor. It's just, um, it, it's kind of uh, wishful thinking for two reasons. One, they don't have a lot of draft picks. They're not going to spend it on a, on a running back that, and then two, they they don't need them, right? I mean, they they seem to be very happy with who they have in their backfield. Like I said earlier in the show, they I think they only have five on the roster, five running backs, which is strange because you usually want camp bodies at a, a position that takes a lot of abuse. But they've they've spent more time bringing in wide receivers than they have running backs. So unless I'm not I'm not reading the tea leaves right, they they seem to be. They're either waiting for the right, an opportune moment to bring some big name in, or they're completely happy with who they have. So I just don't see it. I don't see them spending the uh, the draft capital on a running back. And I mean, I imagine the Colts are going to some, you know, try to uh, appease him and, and keep him in yeah. the thing. But I mean, Ursay is, is an unpredictable <laughs> guy to say the least. So who knows what he's going to do? I have no idea, but. Uh, yeah, we'll 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 keep an eye on it and see what happens. But of of course, he would help the team, obviously. But probably going to be way too expensive. Yep. And I want to grab this comment in here by Rodney Thomas. Let's let's, let's look at Rodney. Thank you, Rodney, for coming in because this is a good it's a good comment here. He says one receiver I see as the odd man out is KJ Hamler. I just can't see him staying healthy this season too much with Washington, Virgil, and Mims. Yes, Rodney. 
that this this is spot on. This is how I've seen it shaping out for a while. That KJ Hamler is the odd man, the odd man looking in, the one out looking in. Um, with the receiver depth, you know, after our, um, you know, after Mims, of course, Sutton, Judy, Patrick, then you have Virgil, which I, I think Virgil, you know, I know we saw that one play, I believe it was against the Titans um, last season. He can definitely um, make some noise, depending on how, be interesting to see how he looks in camp. But yeah, with Virgil, then Montreal, Washington, uh, and Mims, I, I just don't see what role kj hamler has on this team yeah. because we already have you know mims and washington as far as those those punt returning duties and you know where is hamler going to be with just you know standard plays on the offense you know he's not going to be used so i just don't see and obviously his injury history you know <laughs> what what role does kj hamler have on this offense so you know if that can't be answered, I just don't see where where he would fit. What what do you think, Thomas? Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, KJ Hamler. The reason why KJ Hamler is probably not going to make the team is has nothing to do with his health right now because they they restructured his contract. He kind of softened that blow if he gets injured. Yeah. The reason he's not going to be on this team is because he doesn't play special teams very well, and he's going to be if he makes teams going to be the fifth wide receiver probably. Fifth wide receivers have to play. Special teams, fourth wide receiver has to play special teams. And sometimes the third does as well. So KJ Hamler's not a special teams guy. They've got their punt returner in Mims. I mean, they could try Hamler back there, he, but he's, you know, he's already, he's not playing right now. So they can't even see him, um, see him you know, out on the field right now. So th that's, that's what I keep going back to. If he's going to be the fourth or fifth wide receiver, he has to play special teams, and I haven't seen it. Now, maybe he can. Maybe maybe he becomes a dynamic punt returner, and I'm, I'm flabbergasted. That's that's the big reason. And I'll tell you, the, 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 it's not Washington. It's not Virgil who is going to uh, impact this wide receiver group. It's Callaway. Callaway is going to impact this receiver group more than anybody else, and this is why I say it. he's familiar with the Saints. He has the ability to be a, a pass catcher, because he's he's been one for the Saints. He's he's caught plenty of passes. In fact, he was their leading receiver uh, last year, I believe, or a year before. I can't remember. I think it was last year. He was the, he was their leading receiver. So he has what it takes to be that fourth or fifth wide receiver coming in on the offense. And if he can play special teams well, and that's what I want to look at for in camp is if he can play special teams, he's going to impact this wide receiver group more than Washington, more than Virgil, and even more than Mims. Mims is, Mims is probably penciled in to start because they drafted him fairly high anyway. He's a good player. So I think it's Callaway that you really got to watch. And if Callaway really impresses on special teams, you're going to see several of these wide receivers gone. Uh, Hinton, Hamler, uh, and maybe some of those young guys that they really liked last year that uh, had an impact. So that those are my thoughts on it. We'll see how he does on special teams. All right, yes, we can All right. yeah, I'm not seeing any more uh, comments coming in, so it's a top of the hour. We've been been rolling here for almost a full hour, so I'm just going to remind you guys uh, one more time. I reminded you on uh, Legends, and we remind, and we we announced it on Mile High Insiders. If you're out at camp and you're out there next week, or any time that Luke's out there, even he's going to be out there the whole time. Come take a picture with us. Uh, post it on Twitter 
and uh, you can you have a chance to win some uh, Mile High Huddle gear. So uh, Mile High Insiders is is kind of doing that. So uh, come out, say hi to us, take a picture, post it on Twitter or other social media, and uh, let us know about it. And uh, so don't forget to do that. Get some merch, uh, which would be cool and fun. And uh, yeah, or just come out and say hi anyway. Just uh, you know, stop by and and uh, say hi, and we'd we'd love to talk to you. So. Uh, anyway, yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you for being here, everyone. Really thank appreciate you. it. Uh, Ron, uh, just going to ask you any last words before we uh, close her up. Yeah, so again, training camp is here, guys. And um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, developments as they come up um, with all the position groups. Um, and as Thomas mentioned, if you're out there at camp, please, please link up with Luke, link up with Thomas. Um, let's keep the Maha family. <laughs> linkage going um but yeah that's all i have guys thank you thank you for joining and if you don't do anything else please like subscribe and share with all of the channels um we greatly appreciate you as always all right. Thank you for coming in on this Saturday night. It's uh, the thing that uh, we always say is uh, the most important uh, part is sh- sharing your time. So appreciate you guys being here. It was wonderful talking with you all and have a great rest of your evening. Go Broncos. Thanks, guys. Go Broncos. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.